This is translated in the English Siddur as designate times to learning Torah. We'll see in the next paragraph another understanding of this, these words. But let's say that designate times to learn Torah. Say little and accomplish and do much. And receive each person with a cheerful countenance. So the simple meaning of these three stanzas, these three sections, Fundi Mishnah, is Vimafarsh Rizagan, as the Mafarshim explained. And the following Pirush is coming primarily from the Rav, from the Bartanura. Asetir Ashakva means that your primary occupation, both during the day and during the night, should be learning Torah. When you get tired from learning, then is when you could work. But not that your primary occupation should be work. As the Chazal have said to us, this is a Gemara in Brachas where it speaks about the the earlier generations, and it says about them that they would make their Torah primary, the learning Torah primary, and their work secondary. Then the Mishnah continues, to promise little, and to deliver a lot, to give back, to do more than you promised. Then we find this by Avram Avinu. He told the Malachim who came to visit him in the beginning of Parshas Vayera, let me go get some bread. So he promised just bread. And in the end he brought them a calf. He brought them meat. So he, he promised less and delivered more. And then the Mishnah continues, to receive each person with a smiling countenance. So the Mepharshim uh, the, explained, when you bring guests into your home, don't give it to them, don't give them what you're offering with your face, uh, looking down in the ground, at the ground, which is a euphemism for uh, 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 to give it when you're unhappy about giving it, or giving it with a scowl on your face. So three things. Number one, learning Torah should be your primary occupation. Number two, don't overpromise. As a matter of fact, underpromise. But then do as much as you can. And when you have guests in, t- in your home, uh, uh, um, do it with a smiling face. Lefise is tamwa. If this is the meaning of this of this Mishnah, this raises a question. The whole idea of, 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 of Mesechta Aves, of Pirki Aves, is words 
is ideas of piety. If someone wants to be pious, he should endeavor to fulfill the teachings of Avois, of this Mesech, meaning to say we are referring to conduct that is not obligatory upon this person from the perspective of halacha, of the law. He's doing it for the midah of piety, beyond the requirements of the law. So that's the whole idea of Ovis. Ovis is coming to tell us things that I'm not obligated to do legally, and, and I'm being told to do so, I'm being advised to do so, in order to reach a higher state of chasidus. So the question is that these three ideas that are spoken about in this Mishnah in the name of Shammai are not really in the category of things that are of, of piety. The obligation of these three things is self-understood. Or they can be understood and derived from other commandments and obligations in Torah and Halacha, as he's going to explain in a moment. So our question is, these three things are seemingly not midli de they seem to be more basic obligations. And he's going to explain each of the three. Aleph, make your Torah, make that your Torah should be your primary occupation. We find the same expression in things that Chazal tell us as obligations. And this same expression, this same, uh, uh, these same words are actually brought down. In our attorney refers to the Rambam, to the Tur Shulchan Aruch, to the Alter Rebbe's Shulchan Aruch. This is the expression that they use. Make that your learning Torah should be your primary occupation and your work, your job, should be a secondary occupation. So why is it being introduced here as something new and different that is merely the chasidusa, that is something that is a way to reach a state of piety if it's a very basic obligation brought in halacha? Additionally, we find many psukim and the Maridazal, where we are commanded with regard to the constant obligation of learning Torah. So, seems to be the same thing as constantly being engaged in learning Torah. How is there any extra And this idea of constantly learning Torah is understood from the very beginning of this Pedic. The world stands on three pillars and since Torah is one of the pillars upon which the world stands is the so it's obvious that the Torah learning has to be permanent because the world is dependent on it so this is the first part the first part of the Mishnah where it says that Torah should be a primary and consistent uh, 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 occupation of a person is seemingly self-understood and is seemingly more of an obligation than a beyond the letter of the law Beis Emermat 
So the way the Mishnah, the way the, the Mishnah was explained uh, in the previous uh, page, and Merimahat means do a promise less and give and deliver more. So the question is, in the area of Nedarim, in the beginning of Parshas Matos, the Torah says, a person should not desecrate his own words. This obligation, this commandment, obligates the person to promise little. To be careful at what you promise, be careful what you speak, and never give a promise unless you are 100% certain that you'll be able to deliver. So a person should not uh, fall through in the uh, prohibition of to not desecrate one's word. So Emer Ma'at is obvious. You can't promise something because the Torah says, You shouldn't promise something and then not deliver. So clearly Emer Ma'at is a very, very basic uh, way to make sure not to Transgress. Also, when it comes to the conclusion of that section, the person should should deliver a lot. Here too, there's no major chiddush, no major novel teaching that comes from the perspective of midas chasidus. If a yid has the ability to do more mitzvahs, more good deeds, he should do. So a person made a promise to someone that they're going to do something, but they're able to do more than that. Of course, they should do it if it's an area of mitzvahs and ma'asim tevim. So if I say arbei, it is seemingly obvious again. So that's our second part of the Mishnah. And Merma'at is understood from Leachel Dvaru, and I say arbei is understood from the fact that a person should always do more, as much as they can. Gimel, when I say, from the Mimer, so too, when it comes to the end of the Mishnah. They, the Kabbalists, call out them, say, repairing office, a person should receive every other person with a smiling, with a cheerful countenance. This seems to be a conduct that is required because the, of the Torah tells us to do what is right and what is just. This is basic manners and respect. Additionally, there's also a commandment, love your fellow as yourself. And as the Gemara explains, that this means that do not do to someone else what you do not want to be done to you. So if you, if you want to be received cheerfully, then obviously you should receive the next person cheerfully. This is not something of, of great piety. This is this is a this is basic uh, basic manners. When you meet someone, smile to them, make them feel wanted, like you want to meet with them. And especially you have a mitzvah to, to, to not treat someone the way you would not want to be treated. So we're we we have our general question and as we explained it in the three details that each seemingly each of these three directives of the mishnah seem to be more basic obligation understood from other mitzvahs or understood or the, or self-understood and what is the mili de chasidusa and what is the chiddush of the mishnah base and so face we're going to ask three more questions on specific details in this mishnah we have to understand specific nuances in the Mishnah. Since all three statements, all three 
sections are brought together in one mimer in one statement. Shammai certainly said many more statements with regards to a person's conduct. And specifically these three were brought as one. His masma, this and this is understood as that they are connected and intertwined in their message. There's something thematic about these three things, that is, which is why the, the Shammai uh, uh, says that all three, or the Mishnah brings all three as together in one Mishnah. Earlier we mentioned, also in brought down in Alocha, make your Torah permanent, or, or, or primary, and your work should be secondary. For some, that, that's the usual phrase. In this Mishnah, he only brings the first half, and doesn't bring the second half, why? As it has been spoken many times, the name of the person who said this teaching is connected and it adds understanding and emphasis to the idea that is being discussed. So the question is, How do these three teachings become better understood because of the fact that Shammai was the one who taught them? So these are our questions. Number one, what is the Mili de Chassidusa in each of these three statements based on the way we understood this Mishnah according to the second paragraph in the Sicha in the name of the Bartanura? And then why are specifically these three statements brought together? What is the connection between them? Why does the Mishnah not say the words Umalach Arai? And why does the Mishnah mention that Shammai is the one who said the statement? Before we get to the answer, which is in Siv Dalid, he's going to give a Kana Mokim Lahoyer. Now is the place to comment, which is an almost, which is an introduction to the answer. And what he's going to say in Siv Gimel is that although the source of this Pirush is an Ovis Derab which is a very early and therefore very powerful source, nevertheless, it is totally legitimate to come up with additional explanations of the Mishnah, the additional ways to understand the Mishnah, it is totally acceptable. Although the mocker of this Pirish, which is brought in the Bartanura, but the mocker is from Avis Rabnasan, which is a very early source. It almost goes back to the times of the Tanoi. And therefore is very very powerful. From that vegan is done art, it is still leaves room for another different explanation. We find in Mesechtavos in various Mishnahs that there are many comments, many uh, explanations from Gedel Yisrael, Vidashi, Rambam, Machzir, Vitri, Unoch, Biz, Achrene, Achrenim, such as all the way going back from Rashi and Rambam all the way down to more very recent commentators which explain differently and sometimes even opposite than the and these also these great also encourage their students to delve in deeply and to introduce new explanations obviously with the absolute and important 
conditions that it should be consistent with the rules of learning with taking great care to maintain the respect for the and certainly not to scream or in other words to impose Accept my opinion. As well as a very important to be careful not to interpret the Torah differently than it is supposed to be and against what would be the Psak Din, etc., etc. So there are rules that have to be kept. We have to maintain the COVID. We have to make sure that we interpret it properly. We can't force our opinion onto others. But once we follow those rules, the idea that someone can come and introduce a new pirush is 100% acceptable, as we see that it's been done all along, and we've been encouraged to do so. Therefore, we understand. This would be similar to the great number of Commentaries, including somewhat uh, uh, disagreeing commentaries on Teresh of Iksav, which in the in, in, at least are included in what the Gemara in Yerushalma uses an expression, chatter of Torah is always good. The, the, the Gemara over there, the Talmud Yerushalmi over there says that there is idle chatter, which is bad. And there's Torah chatter, which is good. So even if it may not be considered, uh, you know, an actual legitimate commentary, but still the fact that we're discussing Torah is Tovin, it's good. And then on the higher level, if this is being shared by G'dayla Yisrael, by true greats of the Yidin, then this is actually included in the Shifim part of the 70 different ways that you can understand Torah. So there's many commentaries on the Torah. At the least, it's considered positive chatter. At the highest, it's part of Shivan Panamatayda. Especially since there is an obligation to add to the Tayda. To, to add, to, to introduce new things, new explanations in Tayda. Especially when lay them dominion. If the original explanation creates questions, darf. So we certainly have to put in the effort as, as, as far as his uh, uh, mind could reach to explain the mission in a way that the questions get answered. Because without this new explanation, he will lack understanding in this idea. One of the one of the conditions in learning Teresh Rapah is understanding. Saying the words is good enough. You can make a birchas atayda even if you just say the words. But Teresh Rapah, it's not enough to say the words. You have to understand. So if a person learns a Mishnah and doesn't understand the Mishnah, then maybe he has to introduce a new understanding, one that will help him understand the Mishnah so he can fulfill his obligation of learning Teresh Rapah. So in Siv Gimel he said, that we find great G'dayli Yisrael who argue on the Pirushim of Avis of Avnasen in how to understand this Mishnah. And they encourage us to introduce, to bring in new understanding. And just like when it comes to Chumash, when it comes to Teresh Sav, there's many sometimes disagreeing commentaries, and yet they are all part of learning Torah. 
certainly when it comes to Teda Shaval Peh, which has to be understood, and there are questions sometimes on an earlier Pirush, it is certainly acceptable to introduce a new Pirush. It's very interesting how before the, the, in Siv Dalin, the Rebbe is going to introduce another way of understanding this Mishnah, the Rebbe legitimizes the idea that, uh, that introducing a new Pirush is acceptable as it has as it has been the common practice amongst Gedele Yisrael all the way back to the Rishonim and all the way down to Acharene Acharenim. So let's learn the beer in Siv Dalit. He's never the beer in them, and the beer is going to go back to what is Shammai really coming to tell us. And is going to introduce a whole new perspective of this Mishnah. And each of the three parts of the Mishnah are going to flow one into the next, which is going to answer the question, what's the connection between the three of them? The Mishnah Shamayimer, this Mishnah, is a follow-up, is a continuation to the first Mishnah in the Beginning of this Perek, Al Shlesha Dvarim Elam Emid, the world stands on three pillars, Allah Teira, Vala Veda, Vadgmulis Chasadim, and Teira, and Aveda, which is Davening, and Anagmulis Chasadim, acts of kindness. As I said, there are three things. Each of them are a pillar which is holding up, which is supporting the, and sustaining the world. Therefore, when a man can sich nit vernehmen be khalav wa nafsu if there's a person who cannot engage with all of his heart with all of his mind with all of his heart with all of his soul with all of his being with all three pillars at once therefore is ich uskleib on the khalapakhs ein amud kav von die drei he has to choose at least one pillar one approach of the three in welchen er slarainton sein kirchaisen is askus in which he will invest his passion and his involvement. And the other two will come secondary. Unless one of the other two is something that the time calls for it for right now. For, for, for example, he has the Davin now. So then that would take precedence. But other than the fact of, of, of the time, the person is going to pick one column, one pillar, and invest his time and his energy into that. So that way he could be involved in the sustaining of the world. Um, so the question is going to be, which one should I pick? Should I pick Teira? Should I pick Aveda? Or should I pick Milus Chassadim? Um, and based on this, in continuation to this, says Shammai, following the way of Mili de Chassidusa, if you want to do what's Chassidus, what's pious, that of the three approaches, he should choose the, uh, the, his conduct, that his learning Torah should be his primary occupation. Now, why is it called Milo de Chassidusa? Because it doesn't have to do it that way. He has the permission from a halachic perspective, from a perspective of obligation, he could choose whichever whichever approach he wants. From the masters of good deeds, meaning someone who's engaged more in good deeds than in learning Torah. Obviously, that his primary occupation is in Gmilas Chassadim. So, so, so therefore, 
from halachic perspective, from the obligatory perspective, he could choose to be to go into business and engage in the kav of gmilus chasadim. Of mitzad midas chasidis, Shama is saying that from the perspective of chasmidus chasidus, he should choose the kav of teira. Aziz ozayim ba'im der kva under iker that teira should be the primary and the permanent thing of his life. This answers the question why he doesn't conclude with the words which was one of our questions in Siv Beis. Because here when Shammai says you should, your Teir should be your primary occupation, he's not saying Teir in contrast to work. As he's only that work should not be permanent. He's saying your tater should be your primary occupation in contrast to, to, to avoiding Melchizedek. So therefore, it doesn't say we weren't talking about Melacha. This wasn't a, a debate between Tera and Melacha. It was a debate between Tera avoiding Melchizedek. So therefore, he says Tera and doesn't have to finish Melacha. should be your primary occupation. In that case, why doesn't it say? If the, if the discussion here is Teira versus Avedik Milch Sadim, so why doesn't he not say that, uh, that these other two Avedik Milch Sadim should be the Arai in contrast to Teira, which is Kva? And he's going to give the answer in two, in two ways. The meat is move on. It also is understood why he doesn't say that the, uh, the approach of Aveda and the approach of Gmilus Chasadim should be Aray. Varum, the Hira is this, this directive that your Tater learning should be your primary occupation is actually being said also to people engaged in good deeds. Whose, whose time-wise, their, their occupation is mostly not in learning Tater. Sometimes they're fulfilling their obligation by learning one Patek in the morning and one Patek in the evening. Not in Kavan Gmilus Chasadim. So their, their primary occupation is in, is in the approach of Gmilus Chasadim. Nevertheless, they are also being expected that their Torah learning should be permanent. Their limud Torah in the mizman muad bekamus, the learning Torah in the in the quantitatively small amount of time, so zayin kavua beechos should be permanent qualitatively. Ainge carved the nefesh engraved in his soul. Biza does pales and have been and tug to the point that it could impact the rest of the day. So one point he's making over here is he doesn't want to say that the Marshal Gmilas Khasadam should be Arai because he's talking to someone who is involved in Gmilas Khasadam. And he, what he's not telling and he's not telling him that he shouldn't do Gmilas Khasadim. He's saying even someone who's doing Gmilas Khasadim. When it comes to learning Torah, even if it's a, for a few minutes, when he learns Torah, it should be in the manner of Kva. So it's really two instructions. One instruction is that if a person could, they should learn Torah. That should be their primary occupation as much as possible. But if a person is not learning Torah as much as possible, when you do learn Torah, you should do so in a manner of Kva, in a way that permeates and imbues your entire life. So that it should impact the rest of your day. So that 
even if you're a person involved in Gilas Chasadim, you should also be Tiras Chakva. So therefore, we don't want to say Gilas Chasadim Arai. Because even the person who's engaging in Chasadim all day, we still want the Tira to be Kva. The Oid. There's another point. The Lashon Arai is not Masim. It's not an appropriate terminology for Avedik Gilas Chasadim. Because Aveda and Willis Chasadim, even though Shammai is pushing, is encouraging, I should say, uh, uh, that the Torah should be the choice out of the three, but both Aveda and Willis Chasadim are still fundamental elements of serving Hashem. And they too have to be done. When they're being done, they should be done in a way of permanence, in a way of primary importance. Amongst the three, the main keva should be in Torah. But it doesn't mean that the other two should not be Arai. So there's two points over here. Number one, that even someone who's not making Torah in all day, even, even to him or her, their Torah should be keva when they're learning. Another point is, is that we never use the word Arai and Avedikim because whenever we're doing those, they have to also be in a manner of Kava, because they are primary elements of Yiddishkeit. It's just that if when one can choose between the three, Shammai is advising to choose Tehra. So that is step number one. Shammai is telling us the world is dependent on three pillars. If you can't do all three at once, choose Tehra. Hey, after this directive, as the vision did I cover is the cavatera delicate teres chakva, that the primary, most important of the three is teda. Ishami mamshach sumevayazan. Shami continues to explain in vos fara eifin snavzan delicate limud vateda. What kind of style should his primary learning be? Since Chazal tell us that learning is great. Because learning brings to action one of the important parts of learning is it teaches us what to do. I might derive from this teaching that a person should engage in learning in a style that he's learning the halachas, he's learning the, the, the teachings in an order to bring it down to halacha, that a person should engage in those areas of learning that are relevant to be able to paskin to rule what is the halacha in practical action and to utilize this to become a paisik. Be Yisrael, a person who rules halacha. That's what I would think. Shammai tells me I have to learn Torah. I should learn Torah. That's what's going to hold up the world. Now what's, what does Chazal tell us? Talmud maybe the Maisa. So maybe I should choose the areas in Torah that, 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 that help me to Maisa. Therefore it comes, becomes Shammai so different than how he originally understood that it means you should promise little. He says, no, I'm talking about within your learning Torah. Within your learning Torah it should be speak little. The kind of learning Torah that leads to emoir, that leads to speak out the psak of halacha, that has to be a minimal amount of learning. The primary and most of his learning has to be learning Torah for the sake of learning. 
or either to the point of teach and receives char for the teaching, or yagdol teda v'yadir, or to make teda greater and more beautiful. So Ashami says, I say Tedoschakva, make Tata your primary occupation. What kind of Tata? And Mirmaat. The the part of Tata that's that's Psakalocha should be Ma'at. Most of your learning should be Lishma for the sake of the learning Tata, for the sake of making the Tata great, etc. Vibalda Zoi. So if that's the case, Ken Zachim et Sertayo Zain, so someone can make a mistake, in don't say say. Go to the other extreme. If the emphasis here is not to learn Torah in a way to be able to rule the halacha and to know what to do. Then maybe this implies that doing mitzvahs, that maise, is not something that demands permanence, that demands a, a, a primary uh, occupation in your life. A person should do mitzvahs with dedication and devotion. First, might think so. He said, "Emer ma'at." Said, "Stay away from the halacha." He said, "The river may have zopt as zopt on." I say harbei. Therefore, Hashemai adds and and directs do a lot. It's true. When it comes to the learning of Torah, the emphasis does not have to be in the area of ruling halacha. But nevertheless, that doesn't change the fact that when it comes to actually doing mitzvahs, it has to be a lot. As the Asiyas Amitzos Azaymet Aribu Igodol, that the fulfillment of mitzvahs should be in great number. Sayin Kamos and Sayin Echos, both in quantity as well as in quality. Vos Mer Mitzvahs to do as many more mitz as many mitzvahs as possible. Umid Vos Mer Chayus Nislahavus and with as much enthusiasm and excitement. So that was Shami's second statement. I tell you to learn Torah. Amir Maat. Number one, I'm not telling you Davka to learn Laalacha Lemaisa. I'm telling you to learn Torah Lishma. But at the same time, don't mean, don't understand me that mitzvahs are not important. When it comes to the doing of mitzvahs, it has to be in great number, both in kamos and reichos, both in quality and in quantity. So this brings us to the third statement of Shabbat. It's going to say, if a person is busy learning Torah, it's going to explain it very beautifully in Sivav, maybe that means that I don't have time for other people. That's why he ends, that every single person has to be received cheerfully, um, even though Shammai is encouraging us to delve into Torah. Let's see his insight. Since according to Shammai, Yid has to primarily be involved in learning Torah, and to a point that you're not so engaged in the halacha lemaisa, can bazechenim upleg, and a person could think, ubehaktim. We're going to introduce an idea here that, that might lead a person to think that he should stay away from people. It's known the difference between the attribute of meichin of the mind and midays of the emotions. As meichin is eighty inch lidemadum, viris fazich. The mind, the, the the intellect of the person is between the person and himself. Well, midas and its libdim zulus, midas emotions or character traits is something that is expressed to the other person. When you awaken, when you uh, when you uh, the impact of a midah can only be felt when there's another person. 
So for example, if you, if you have a midah of love, there has to be someone to whom to love. Or if there's a midah of fear, he has to be afraid of someone. So midah is, there has to be another person involved. But when it comes to, law, to intellect, it's the exact opposite. Not only is the mind not there for the other person, the other person can actually confuse the, the, the process of the intellect. As it is known that if a person wants to reach proper understanding, proper uh, 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 accomplishment on an intellectual level, especially if you're going to the more core areas of the seichel, which is not something that leads to midas and not something higher than piski alacha. For example, there's certain uh, seichel that, that causes, person understands that this is a wonderful thing, so he has a desire for it or he has a love towards it. So that's a seichel that creates a midah. But sometimes the person goes into etzema seichel, into the core seichel that is not there to produce midas. So we know that a person to, treat, to reach and truly comprehend the core of the seichel, a person has to contemplate and delve deeply into it. Then it is when he is in isolation. A person isolates himself from other people, delves deeply, uh, thinks about it very strongly, and then he could truly comprehend the seichel. If there's other people around, he could distract him or confuse him. So now a person could reach a mistaken conclusion. This idea of learning Torah, where the Torah becomes your primary occupation, and in a manner where you're not focused on the halachas, you're focused on learning Torah for Torah itself, which is all about understanding. This requires of him the approach of isolation. To separate himself from another person. And if he will engage with others, he does with only the type of study partner that will bring him an advantage again in his learning Torah. For example, which is to connect with 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 uh, a study partner that's helping you learn. The discussion of the Talmidim of the students. Which is mentioned in Pedic Vava Pirkiavis. These are two of the of the many different things, ways to acquire Tera. I learned a lot from my teachers. I learned more from my uh, uh, study partners, from my colleagues, and the most I learned was from my own students. So maybe those are the people I can engage with. Either I totally isolate myself, or if I do engage with people, it's people that are either my rebbes, my teachers, or my, my chavrusas, or my students from whom I'm learning. Already mentioned. But to befriend those types of people that don't increase, don't help him in his learning Torah in a primary way, in a, in a, in a, in a permanent way. He has to avoid them. To, to push them away. And have nothing to do with them. This is what a person might mistakenly conclude. Since Shammai is encouraging me to learn Teder. And Teder in a way that I'm learning Teder. So I understand it well. It's not about the Psaq but it's about the understanding Teder well. That I have to stay away from people. 
I have to stay away from anyone that's going to distract me from learning Torah. And this is what Shammai addresses. In the third stanza of his teaching, that they mekabalist Although his primary occupation is learning Teda. In a permanent way, which means it takes a lot of his time. And it's actually not focused on Halacha. It cannot hold him back from receiving every single person on Islam without exception. With a cheerful countenance. Even the type of person that getting to know him and befriending him will not bring him any advantage in his own pursuits. Not only will it not help us learning Torah, it won't help him in the area of Gmilas Chasadim. So there's no gain for this person to engage with this other person. Nevertheless, he should not just plainly receive him, say, okay, I'll, I'll be with him. It should be with a cheerful countenance. The other person should see and feel that he's receiving him and he's engaging with him with joy and with devotion, with involvement. So now the Mishnah flows very beautifully. The Pirki of it started with which should be my primary of the three pillars, says Shama Yishvi Teirah. And he says, what kind of teremirma'at? Not so much halacha. By the way, I say harbei, don't misunderstand me, the mitzvahs are not important. Mitzvahs are very important. But nevertheless, teda is also important. Uh, then he says, however, don't allow your engagement in teda to make you think that you should not be involved with other people. You have to know that whenever you meet another person, even if you have nothing to gain from it, you have an obligation, at least helping me this chasidus, to receive this person with a, with a cheerful countenance. This person should know and feel that you're interested in being with them, you're interested in meeting with them, and you're interested in helping. Now, so the only question that wasn't answered yet is the name Shammai. How does, how does the name Shammai add to the understanding of this Mishnah. And in order to do that, he's going to ask a very basic question. He's going to say that there's a number of, of contradictions here. On the one hand, you're telling me, and you're telling me, then you tell me I should learn, engage in learning Torah. And at the same time, you're telling me I should, I should be friendly to other people that are, that are getting in the way of my learning Torah. How am I expected to, to engage in so many opposites? And it is Shammai's name that, and, and it is Shammai and his name that are going to uh, help us understand how to do this. So after all this, there's still one question. How can we fulfill all of these directives? Because after all, they contradict one another. In other words, and he explains in the parentheses, On the one hand, you're telling me that I should learn Teda. Uh, uh, my primary engagement should be in learning Teda. And in a manner where I'm not even involved in Piskei Alocha. At the same time, you're telling me, I should be engaged in, in doing mitzvahs. 
and with a great deal of excitement and enthusiasm. And on top of that, you're expecting of me that I should receive each person with a smiling countenance. It's even more opposite. Because the, 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 the easiest way to be successful to, in learning Torah is through isolation. Now you're telling me not only should I engage in mitzvahs, but I should also engage with another person. How do I overcome all these contradictions? Therefore, the mission of Mishnah prefaces and lets us know that the person who taught this teaching is Shammai. And through the message that is alluded to in the name Shammai, that I can and all that I he will be able to fulfill all of the instructions, all of the directives. Explains with regards to the name Shammai. Therefore, he's called Shammai. Similar to what Chazal tell us, anybody who estimates his ways, he measures the way. What is the best way? How is the best way to do this? That's how a person should live. So the name Shaz, the nomen Shammai, versus Falash and Shomer Chesav. Shammai, which is connected to this idea of, I'm not exactly sure how to translate the word Shom. Shatzen und Vegen, Zainadrachem. Shatzen usually means to estimate. Vegen means to weigh, to weigh his ways. But it means to measure and to figure out what's the best way to go. He's Medamiz So the name Shammai teaches us. As I eat, up Shatzen and up Vegen, Zainadrachem. person has to constantly weigh carefully and estimate the path that he's taking, his time and his abilities, which were given to him. And when a person weighs out, uh, measures the that he was given, he will discover. He has the ability and he has the strength to fulfill all of these directives. Especially in the time period which was designated for learning of Pergiavis, at that time, special strengths are given to fulfill successfully all of the directives of, that are in Pergiavis that are teaching us the various different the conduct of piety. When as I've had good upshots and not messing them as man was hot, and when he will properly weigh out and measure the time that he has at the Zen of the Kedit Talin. As I even you'll see that it is possible to divide his time, to manage his time in such a manner as his Almaspic Zain Satan and Yadrin for the Zayras. And now that he's able to do in each of these three directives, he could learn Tayra, he could do mitzvahs, and he could engage with other individuals. So this has answered all of our questions. We have a brand new understanding of the Mishnah. The Mishnah is telling us the importance of learning Torah, even more important than Avedah At the same time, what kind of Torah should I learn? The Torah that is Torah Lishma for the sake of understanding and, and, and knowing Torah. Nevertheless, I shouldn't. I, sh- I should not be distracted and think that I shouldn't do. I shouldn't do mitzvahs. Uh, but I have to do mitzvahs harbe, a lot of mitzvahs become subeichos. I also have to uh, not think that my learning Torah should be a reason that I should uh, uh, avoid 
other people and isolate myself. But on the contrary, I should ex I should receive people with a smiling and cheerful countenance. If you're going to ask, how can I do all these things? They seem to be so contradictory. The answer is Shammai. Measure your time, measure your abilities, recognize what, you, what, you, what you're able to do, figure it out, and you'll see that you have plenty of time to do everything in the right time and in the right way. In Sivches, he is going to uh, teach us a deeper understanding in the name Shammai. And he's going to point out to us that each of these three instructions, directives of Shammai, is actually something that is emphasizing the fact that each thing is there for itself. Teire is there for itself. Mitzvahs are there for themselves and not for any ulterior motives. And the ultimate revelation of that will be when Mashiach comes. And a more deeper and uh, a deeper level will have another explanation of the connection between these three directives of Shammai and the name and the person Shammai. Ubahaktan. In all three directives, we find that Tzad HaShava a common theme. In Ersten Inyan, as an Iker Kvad of Zayn in Teireh, in the first idea, that a person that his primary occupation should be learning Teireh, and in a manner of a Mer Ma'at, that says, Azal Limud, that says, Lishma, Nitzulu Pastin Alacha, to learn Lishma, this expresses the idea that one is learning Torah not for a secondary purpose. I feel not even because it will bring you to mitzvahs. No, it's a little for Torah itself. The idea that I learn Torah for the sake of Torah. I'm not doing one thing. It's not a means to an end. It's an end in and of itself. So to in the second directive, do a lot. As Eich B'Shas Teirah says, Kavau Namer Ma'at, even when he's focusing on his Teirah, and not in the area of Halacha of Teirah, that for Mar B'Zanik B'Kiyah Mitzvahs, he still has to increase in learning Mitzvahs, in doing Mitzvahs, but does make that Zayn Kiyah Mitzvahs is Nitzli B'Atzlacha B'Limad HaTeirah, which means that he's doing Mitzvahs not for the sake that it should bring him to success in Teirah. Because he's addressing that which Chazal tell us. That if a person says, I only have Teira, then he doesn't have even Teira. In other words, you need to do Teira and Mitzvahs together. That also a Teira learner has to also have the Aved of Mitzvahs and also has to have the, 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 the fulfillment of Mitzvahs. But if that's the purpose, if the only reason he's doing mitzvahs is in order for his Torah learning to work, then his doing mitzvahs is considered ma'at. So liba it's, it's, it's a minimal thing. He's doing it because he has no choice. Shazman Grama, for example, the time is demanding it. Because it's Pesach, he has to eat matzah. So he's doing it because he's being told to do it. Uh, not because he sees any advantage in the mitzvah itself. Or else he's doing the mitzvah so that his Torah should learning should be better. So that would be considered ma'at. He's doing the mitzvahs only for another for, for the sake of something else. But since the Mishnah is telling us do mitzvahs a lot. He's doing the mitzvahs harbe. He's doing a lot of mitzvahs because he's not just doing them, the, the, the ones that he has to do or the ones that are going to help him. He's doing all of them because the Avister sanctified us with his mitzvahs and commanded us and that's the sole motivation to do the mitzvah. 
It's not even as a skula, as a way to bring about that the learning that, of Torah that he does should have a sense of permanence. He's doing the mitzvahs for the sake of mitzvahs because the Abishter gave us the Kedusha through mitzvahs and that's why he does it. So when it comes to the learning of Torah, he's learning Torah for the sake of Torah, not to bring him to mitzvahs. When he does mitzvahs, he's doing it for the sake of the mitzvahs because that's what the Abishter wants and not for a, an advantage that he's going to gain from the doing of mitzvahs. And similarly, in the third directive, to receive each person with a cheerful countenance, it's talking about someone from which the person has no gain. There's no personal advantage from, from engaging with this individual. It's not even the fact that a person could gain that he's doing a mitzvah. It's possible that the person doesn't need anything from him. If a person is poor and you give him tzedakah, then you're fulfilling the mitzvah of Gmilas Chasadim. What happens if the person is wealthy? He too has to be received upon him office. He's part of Kala Adam. So there's no, he doesn't even get the advantage of doing the mitzvah of If the other person needs something from the first person, even just the kindness of lifting him up by smiling to him and, and raising him up from his low spirit, it could be that what's motivating him is the fact that he's doing a mitzvah. And that mitzvah is a benefit for him. The directive of Shama here is even if there's no gain, there's no benefit for the person uh, who's smiling, who's receiving this other individual with a cheerful countenance, he has to do so solely because it's Midas Chasidus. Now, so each of these three things are you're doing each of them for the thing itself and not for any ulterior motive or for anything that comes from it. And then the Kudum Shutafas. In this common theme, as Sai Limudatero, Sai Kima Mitzvah, Sai Makabas, I had needed them, is Yeder, from Zayam a Tarder of Atakas Vazir, that learning Tarder, doing Mitzvahs, and receiving every Yidden cheerfully is a goal in and of itself. And not for the purpose of something else, for an ulterior purpose. This expresses the idea that Yidin, Teira, and the Abish says one thing. Just like you cannot say that the Abishter is a means, is a conduit to something else. Similarly, when it comes to the Abishter's Teira, you can't say that it's a vehicle or a conduit to something else. When it comes to his mitzvahs, how you treat another Yid, you can't say that it's to lead to something else. So in each of these three things, not only are we, do we see how each of them is important on their own, we see in them the oneness of Hashem. Now just like Hashem is, is Hashem for, for itself, it's not for anything else, so to each of these three things, Teda, Mitzvah, and Yidin, are meant to be done for themselves and not for any ulterior motive. This idea that Teda, Mitzvah, and, and the Yidin are one with Hashem, and therefore, each of them has to be treated as a, a means 
of itself, as an end of itself, not a means, as an end of itself. In a, in a revealed way, we will we will experience this loss of love. When, when Mashiach comes, the revelation of the truth of everything will be revealed. But in the time that we are in now, before a Mashiach comes, it is concealed in each person's Eden. Therefore, there are and there should be various different categories of Yidin. Those, the masters of Teira, which their involvement in mitzvahs and Gmilus Chasadim is the minority of their days. Or did Azayinu Bazbazayin as to leave Teira or some who do mitzvahs for the sake of Teira? Another category of people are people that are engaged in good deeds. Their primary occupation is to make this world into a dwelling place for Hashem for doing mitzvahs. And the uh, fulfillment of the obligation of learning Torah is less. Or either literally it's done less, or it's being done a lot, but it's for the purpose of that, they should, that their mitzvah should be kidaboy. So you have various different categories within within each within each generation. says Similarly, we find this difference in the generations themselves. Mm. Now, he, he, he references Sof Simentes of Igeres HaKedosh, where the Alter Rebbe says over there that in earlier days, the, 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 they shined in Limud Therefore, there were great Tanoim Valmeiroim. In later days, the primary occupation is Tzedakah and Dira Betach so within each generation, you have people that are more involved in Torah, people that are more involved in mitzvahs and uh, like you do over the course of Golos, where certain generations were more focused on Torah, and later generations more focused on Gmilat Chasadim. But either way, where is the ultimate revelation, where you'll see the truth of all of these things, that Torah and, uh, and mitzvahs and Yidin, are all, and the way we treat a Yid, is all a me, an end of itself, is all a matar of a tachlis. When does this become revealed? Ultimately, is lost in love when Mashiach comes. And this is the connection between Shammai and these three directors. The Rizal says that lost in love when Mashiach comes. The halacha is going to be like Bishamai. Does haste the iraf when the gibulan yonim are now. Then if our bundin be ikim with them gilly from the emes from called davar lost lavai. When Mashiach comes, the halacha is going to be like Shammai, which means Shammai Oimer. These three things that Shammai is telling us to fulfill, when will we be able to fulfill them properly in a revealed way? When Shammai is halacha kimoisai. When Mashiach comes and Shammai is the, the, the one whose halacha we follow. So that's the connection between the name Shammai and these three directives because these three directives are teaching us something very, very important. That just like the Eibishter is not the conduit, is not there for something else. So to Teir is there for itself. And Mitzvahs are there for themselves. And the Yid is there to be treated for, 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 for his own uh, uh, proper way, not for any benefit that we receive from it. And Shammai teaches this because ultimately this will be realized when Mashiach comes. Since, as the Altar says in Tanya, that all the revelations of, of, of the Asit are dependent on our deeds during Golos, and in our deeds of now, there is 
a, a miniature revelation of the Ossi, this move on to the Maisafel Kofon, and the says, we're not expected to wait until Mashiach comes. But in actuality, we should begin fulfilling these directives already now. And that's how he'll be able to reach the level of Shammai from the first explanation. And with Oop Shatz and Oop Egen Tanekeches, he could measure and weigh his strengths. Vizn de Kazarat and Sinas Keach Meyuchid, Avken is Elder Chfirin, and to discover that he has the special strength needed to be able to fulfill them all. Uumid the Shadam made it, Bam made it in Lay, and a way a person conducts himself, that is what he's given in return. Tuchdem, Vasayid is Mekaimdim Gansen Sivu from the Mishnah. When Oyid fulfills the entire, the, the entire commandment. Vizn Sivu Vavim Mekavalas Kaladam Sevi Panam Yafis till the end, that he receives every Yid with a smiling countenance. He should receive from above also a shining countenance. The, the, the face, the countenance of the of the live king is shining. To the point of eternal life. Which will be lost in love in the Mizbah and Tchiyas Amesim. Let's call Yisrael Yisrael and the Chelik Lelam Aba. In the time of Tchiyas Amesim, which every year there's a Chelik Lelam Aba, which call Yisrael is also part of the beginning of Pirkei Avos.